Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. I'm Dylan Tyre, and this is Believe in Ohio State. Welcome to another week of Believe in Ohio State. As always, very excited to have you with me. I'm Dylan Tyre with you, hoping you had a fabulous past week since we talked last. There's been a lot of news surrounding Ohio State football in this last week, as is kind of expected nowadays. Even though there's no football being played, there's news coming out every single day, and that's kind of the theme of 2020, isn't it? There always seems to be continuous news coming out. And have you heard about my Chicago White Sox? Speaking of news, my White Sox are scalding hot right now. Luis Robert, their rookie center fielder, winning them games left and right. And that is why you should be getting online to betonline.ag. Everything's in the swing of things right now. The NBA, Major League Baseball, the National Hockey League, NBA and NHL, they're in the postseason. Major League Baseball, Red hot right now. The trade deadline just hit a couple of big deals. Mike Clevenger going to San Diego. The Padres and Slam Diego now are red hot. Like I said, my White Sox are red hot. So if you want to make some money today, get online. Go to betonline.ag and bet my Chicago White Sox. Why the heck would you not bet my Chicago White Sox? They're the number one team in the AL Central right now. They look oh so good. So do yourself a favor, bet my White Sox, make some money. The World Series odds were just updated. I mean, the Padres, the White Sox, both have really, really nice odds. And uh, talking about another baseball bet that I like, the Houston Astros struggled to start the season. They're starting to play some better baseball right now. You can get them for a really, really nice price to win the World Series. So make sure to take a look at all those numbers on betonline.ag today. Take full advantage of sports being back. Get in on the action. They've got hundreds of odds. They've got futures, prop bets. All that is right there for you to bet on. And there is always their online casino as well. That never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. You sign up and receive a welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag. And make sure to sign up and make yourself some money today. 
All right, time to talk some Ohio State football. As always, it's time to go around the Oval. Some big news, some scary news on campus in Columbus earlier this week. Haskell Garrett, defensive tackle, was shot, but he is okay. He was shot breaking up a fight between a random man and woman. He didn't know them. He saw them fighting. It was getting aggressive on the street, um, off campus, east of campus. He goes up, breaks it up. The man pulls a gun on him and shoots him through the mouth. He gets shot through both cheeks, but he's expected to make a full recovery. He's out of the hospital now, and thank God he's okay. So, so scary there for Haskell Garrett, a guy with a lot of upside for Ohio State, a player that is going to be important should they play this season. And, I mean, he was just trying to be a good Samaritan, breaking up a fight between a random man and woman, and it goes south. But thank God he still has his life. Thank God he's okay, and thank God he's going to be able to play football again for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Another note, a former Ohio State Buckeye has already played some college football this season. We had our first college football game Saturday night, Austin P in Central Arkansas, and former Ohio State running back Brian Sneed played in that game for Austin P. Finished with 13 carries for 47 yards in a 24-17 loss to Central Arkansas on Saturday. So Brian Sneed, a former Buckeye now with Austin P, loses in the first college football game of the season, 13 carries for 47 yards. Now to some interesting stuff about Ohio State. I've been telling you guys for weeks now, I'm not going to believe it until I see it with the Ohio State fall season being postponed. And there was a report last week that came out that the season could start Thanksgiving week. Now that might be a little bit optimistic because in that same report it said that was a number or one of a number of uh, different options the Big Ten was throwing around. But very interesting, isn't it? The Big Ten first comes out and says that we are postponing the season. We're hoping to play in the spring. After a bunch of backlash the very next week, they double down on that. They say we are not going to play in the fall. But then a report comes out that says, oh, maybe the Big Ten is going to play starting Thanksgiving week. On top of that, around the same time, President Donald Trump tweeted, as he always likes to do, that he wants to have Big Ten football back. So that puts some pressure on the Big Ten Conference right there. When the president is getting into things and saying that he wants to have football back, you're going to take notice, no matter who it is. So Kevin Warren starting to take a little bit of notice there. The gears turning that uh, the Big Ten might have some football to be played, whether it's this fall, this winter. Who knows, but there was a report that came out last week that it could start Thanksgiving week. Now, that got a little bit of pushback because why would you start Thanksgiving week and not give yourself a chance to compete for a national championship like the Buckeyes do when if you're starting Thanksgiving, doesn't it seem like you could probably start playing right now when a bunch of other teams are about set to get started playing as well? So interesting to think about there. But then on Monday, the Big Ten revealed that the vote to postpone the season was 11-3. to So there was no sort of transparency whatsoever in the decision-making by the Big Ten. We didn't know why exactly they postponed the season. Well, now we do. They came out and told us that it was 11-3 to vote in favor of postponing the season. The three schools, the three presidents and chancellors of those schools that did not vote to postpone the season— The three schools that voted to play were Ohio State, Nebraska, and Iowa. So it comes out that we know who wanted to play, we know who didn't want to play, so now there is a little bit of transparency in that decision-making. They said there were medical professionals that helped them make that decision, a couple of different groups, so there were a lot of opinions involved, and there was indeed a vote 11-3 to postpone the season. 
But then a real wrench gets thrown into things. Yesterday, Donald Trump tweeted again that he set up a meeting and talked with Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren about starting Big Ten football immediately. So, I mean, take that how you will. Who knows what's going to come of that? But to me, that's some good news. That tells me that maybe Kevin Warren is willing to go back on the Big Ten's original decision and get some football started, whether it's the entire conference playing, whether it's select teams playing, whether it's um, just Ohio State playing, if, if they can find a new conference. I don't know how they're going to do it or if they even are going to do it, but I'd say that's a positive. Donald Trump speaking with Kevin Warren yesterday about starting Big Ten football immediately. So a little bit of a time frame here. Just a couple of weeks ago, the Big Ten comes out with a schedule for this season. The very next week, they tell us they're postponing the season and we don't know why. The week after that, everybody's calling for the Big Ten to play this year. Kevin Warren in the Big Ten Conference doubles down and says you're not going to play this season. The following week, a report comes out that the season could start Thanksgiving week. And now here we are, as of yesterday, Donald Trump tweeted that he talked with Kevin Warren about starting Big Ten football immediately. So very, very weird. Who knows what's going to come of this all. But to get a better idea of what's going on right now, get a better idea of what these parent protests that have been going on in the Big Ten, what those mean to the conference, and just to kind of get a better idea of where we stand with a potential Big Ten football season, a Big Ten fall football season on the horizon, I'm happy to invite in Stephanie Odie, who's going to be starting her own Believe podcast coming up soon, but she also covers football for a couple of TV outlets right here in Columbus. She covers Ohio State football in Columbus. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome on Stephanie Odie. Joined right now by Stephanie Odie. She covers Ohio State right here in Columbus, also is launching her own podcast with the Believe Podcast Network. So Stephanie, before we get into anything regarding the Buckeyes and a potential Big Ten football season this year, how about you tell us a little bit about your podcast that's uh, coming out here soon? Yeah, so it'll be going out mid-September, and it's called Sidelines with Stephanie Yodi, and it's basically talking with sports figures throughout the industry. I've talked to agents, players, other broadcasters, and some episodes are a little bit sports comedy because we go into the shenanigans of being on the field and basically what we're missing out on with all the coronavirus restrictions. So it's bringing the fans into the sideline at a time where the sidelines are limited. So it's, it's been fun. I'm excited about it. Right now, let's, let's get into the protests that have been going on, the peaceful protest put on by the parents of Ohio State, some of these other universities. But this past weekend, it came to Columbus. They had it in front of the shoe, in front of Ohio Stadium, in the rotunda there. You were there, correct? So kind of tell me what that was like. Because to be completely honest with you, when I heard about the parent protest to begin with, it – I was kind of hesitant because it's like, why are parents stepping into, you know, a situation that involves young men, grown men that are kind of at that point in life where they're starting to make their own decisions. You know, they're obviously the athletes have stepped up in a huge way to get their voices heard. So it was kind of weird for parents to be stepping into the situation and trying to make something happen. So I was hesitant at first, but then I thought about it and it's like, you know what, they've done their job because they've continued this conversation. They haven't let it die. Well, you know, the Big Ten has obviously postponed this football season. A vote has come out, uh, or they've released the results of the vote on how that season was postponed. But they've continued this conversation. There's still hope that a football season may happen in the fall, in the winter, 
for the Big Ten. So kind of tell me what it was like, how, how it was organized. Um, was it powerful? Just what, what was that protest like? Yeah, a lot of people talked about the numbers and some people estimated like a couple thousand, but it wasn't too big. I would say max 200 um, fans that came around and then there was about 30 parents. Some of them, some fans traveled from Texas, some from Indiana. There were some travelers that came, which was exciting. But I think the message from the parents was, and I wrote an article on it, it was about leadership. It was about, they were very careful about not putting down the Big Ten, but there were so many questions and so much uncertainty that they were looking for the answers for. And ultimately, they do want a season. And they did make it clear that a November start is not something that they're looking to do. They want to play for a national championship. And they even admitted, yeah, because we do believe we're the best team. So there's, you know, whether or not the root of it was, but I don't think the players, I mean, Justin Fields came out with the, you know, the signatures and that made a lot of progress. But I think that the parents wanted to step up because athletic directors and coaches, I mean, we saw it with Nebraska, but at Ohio State, they are loyal to the conference and they are walking a fine line with fighting for a season, but not going against the conference that they've had this strong history with. So the parents were kind of that middle ground that they were able to, you know, speak that word without having the repercussions. And they do want to see their kids play. I think one of the biggest messages there was that they put in so much work. Uh, Sean Wade is a top pick. He doesn't need to have this season, but he chose to stay back for that film. Another big voice there was Dr. Corey Teague, whose son Master rehabbed all season with an Achilles injury to play this season. And then it was stripped away after all of that tough recovery. So I think it all came down to the team was completely bought in. They were following the guidelines and they truly were having successful strides. And Dr. Corey Teague also said that they also saw other schools having those that same success. And so the questioning was, why did it come when it did? Why can't we do it now? I think everyone's circulating around who was actually at fault now that the presidents re revealed their votes um, and if whether or not Kevin Warren was the scapegoat. But it all comes down to, can we just play? And I think that's what the message the parents were trying to get out there is, all right, we have more information now. that We already had football, college football. We have football going on all around us in Ohio, so why can't we play? And they did bring up Kevin Warren's son and their family having the option to play, but that decision was taken away from them as parents. So there was a lot of valid questions, um, and I think maybe the, the legal repercussions forced them to respond. A protest doesn't necessarily warrant any response, but you need that if the law comes involved if you're filing a lawsuit or an affidavit. So I think we're getting more answers, but the pressure was why all that information came out. I mean, do you think the parents accomplished their goal? Because as it stands right now, the president of the United States has had a conversation with Kevin Warren about getting this season started immediately, not a November start, not a spring start, but an immediate start. And who knows what comes of that? But I mean, with that in mind, that information that we now have, do you consider what the parents did to be a success? Because like I said, they kept the conversation going and forced the issue. I would call it a success. I think there was a lot of factors to it. There was so much going on on social media. I mean, Fire Kevin Warren was trending. There was a lot of backlash and we didn't see that in the Pac-12. 
uh, and they revealed the, those documents, that 12-page document, and there just wasn't the same uncertainty and all the questions circulating around their decision like there was in the Big Ten. So whether or not Kevin Warren made the right decision when he did, it was all about the communication that led to it and afterwards. So I think that they did have some success. It definitely put pressure on them. And, I, and it was also a cumulative effort. They did give credit to a lot of the other Big Ten programs whose parents were getting involved in and putting that pressure on them. So there was a lot of factors involved. And I would say that the parents were a part of that. And they also talked about how they're teaching their kids a lesson. And, you know, they, they see that they have the opportunity to play and, and fighting for that chance teaches a good example. Dr. Corey Teague also talked about that, how having all this success with the testing and, you know, limited cases and then canceling the season when they did and then not discussing that decision, whether it's right or not wrong, answering the questions that were being asked, they felt that wasn't a good example for the students in the Big Ten. So the parents wanted to be that good example for the students because leadership without responsibility didn't, you know, fit with them. So they wanted to be a good example for their kids as well. You brought up an interesting point talking about the Pac-12, that there hasn't really been any sort of backlash. I mean, nothing like what we've seen with the Big Ten postponing their season. And maybe that's because the the Pac-12 was a little bit more transparent with their decision making. Maybe that's because people see the Big Ten as maybe the gold standard of college football, whereas the Pac-12 has kind of lagged behind the past couple of seasons. Whatever it is, it's it's been a PR nightmare for the Big Ten because of the way they went about things. And, you know, I have to ask, because I've asked everybody that's come on this show with me, I mean, what do you think about the whole situation? Because I've said time and time again, I, I don't know if college football should be played this season. I don't know if it's safe. But what makes sense to me is that if the Big Ten's not playing, nobody should be playing because the Big Ten, the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12, all these conferences are a collective unit when it all comes down to it. And I mean, obviously they're not right now. It seems like every man for himself right now. But when it comes down to it, everybody wants to see a college football playoff, and that's all these conferences coming together. So for that not to be possible this season as of right now and for there not to be any sort of consensus or communication between the conferences is very absurd to me. So, I mean, what is your thought on on that, but also how the Big Ten just handled this situation because there was no transparency to begin with? Yeah, I've been asked what I would have done if I were the commissioner. And I, and especially in the Big Ten, I mean, I would admit there is a huge difference between the Pac-12 and the Big Ten fan base. There, maybe the Big Ten has more to fight for. I think canceling the Oregon-Ohio State game had more backlash than canceling the whole Pac-12. So I would say that it all came down to the transparency. And I think that they had the right to choose. And, and when it comes to on a personal level, if Kevin Warren also gets to voice an opinion to his son about playing or not, that should also be translated to the Big Ten. So I, I get there's a lot involved, whether or not they want to admit there was financial decisions involved or legal decisions. Uh, it all comes down to at least give them the option. If let them, let them take on the responsibility. If they want to educate themselves and the Big Ten can do as much as they can to educate them and give them the information that they have that their doctors were giving them, which was had taken so long to get any indication as to what those doctors were saying from the Big Ten, I would say give them all that information. Let them know everything that you were being told and then let them have that decision. Let them decide whether or not they want to take that extra year of eligibility, extra year of college, or or to play. 
And I, and I think it's clear that a lot of the students would rather play this season. So I think it all comes down to just letting them have the option, just informing them, doing everything you can, but there's like legal replications. I get that. And no one wants, no one can agree on whether or not a waiver is okay or the Buckeye pledge, but I, they were willing to do it and they just want the option to play. I'm with you. That makes the most sense. It seems like it's incredibly simple just to put the option out there. If an individual player doesn't want to play, if a school doesn't want to play or a team doesn't want to play, they don't have to play, but it's like, it came out in the vote that three teams in the big 10 voted to play, but it sounded like more wanted to play than that, whether it was Michigan or Penn state, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa, whomever seemed like there were enough teams to make things happen. But now we have a little bit of movement. A report comes out middle end of last week that the Big Ten might be going back on their decision and there might be a Thanksgiving week or pre-Thanksgiving start date. And that kind of goes away after a couple of days because, you know, maybe that's the optimistic way to look at it because when you really read the reports out of the Big Ten, it says they're considering this out of a number of options. But that's on the table. And like I said, President Trump, He has a phone call with Kevin Warren. Who knows what's said, but he wants football to happen for a number of reasons. But, I mean, where do you think we stand right now? Because the Big Ten comes out a couple of weeks ago. First first and foremost, they come out with a schedule. A week after Mm -hmm. that, they postpone the season, which is absolute insanity. But that's a completely different story. Then the following week, they double down and say, nothing's going to change. We're not going to play this fall. We're going to play in the spring. The following week, oh, we might play in the fall. We might play in the winter. And now, now that, you know, the most powerful person in the country is involved in this, somehow, some way, it looks like we might have a fall football season. So where do you think we stand right now with all this? I, it, it sucks to get into politics when it comes to sports, but my initial thought when they said the Thanksgiving start was, that's right out after the election. So, and there's been so much talk about whether or not it was political or not, but the president's made the decision. And I, I think it's clear the athletic directors and the coaches want to play. So the sports guys want to play, but the presidents and, you know, everyone there didn't want to, didn't want to play. So I, I would say the November start, it didn't get accepted well from parents. They made it very clear. They don't want to play in November because it gives it, you can't put them into the discussion for the national championship. It was, it didn't make sense why you would play in the fall, but skip out on the opportunity to play in the national championship. So what are you playing for? That was the interesting part. I mean, I guess you could play for film and agents have told me that film is the most important part when it comes to the draft. So I can see that aspect for certain players, but the majority of these players aren't even going into the draft. They want to play college football, what they signed up to do when they entered the university. And one parent even said at the protest was they made that that commitment to the Big Ten. So why isn't the Big Ten making the commitment in in return to offer them that opportunity that they signed up for? So I think that it's just so interesting to me that they would cancel a season without a proper plan in place for the season that they're planning. So when they initially canceled, they said, okay, we'll have a spring okay, well, have you planned out the spring? I just, I just didn't understand why you would camp, cancel something without an alternative plan in place. And so now it's turning the PR fiasco into even, an even worse scenario because 
you're bouncing back all these dates. And Gene Smith did say, don't buy into the rumors. So it's a lot of questions still, but it all comes down to the big 10 not being transparent. And that's what some of the signs even said at the protest was we want transparency. So a lot of this concern and the discussions and all of that could have been eliminated if there was just a clear communication line from the big 10 to the parents, to the coaches, to the fans. So I think it all could have been avoided, but it is odd to me that all these dates are being thrown out, whether or not it's just rumors or not. It's all just very odd that it was never planned before the cancellation took place. The way things have gone and and how crazy this year has been, it's, you know, it may be naive to assume that sports and politics are completely opposites, but when it comes down to, to the climate right now, those are things that maybe have to come together. But like you said, it sucks. We don't want to think about that. <laughs> and also you're talking about, you know, a plan in place, a spring plan. And that brings me back to not having a plan in place for the fall season. They had five months. I mean, whether it's the Big Ten, whether it's the NCAA, whether it's the Big 12, any of these conferences, any of these organizations, they had five months, four and a half months to talk about what they wanted to do for a fall season. And it, it almost, I talked about being naive. It almost seems like it was wishful thinking that, Oh, you know, COVID-19 is going to go away by then. We're not going to have any sort of issues. We're just going to play college football. I mean, is that shocking to you that there was seemingly no conversation at all until maybe a month before we were scheduled to start games? Yeah, that, that was my biggest question mark was because if you had all this evidence or medical advice that led you to cancel what made you so positive that there could be a spring so that was my question and as we've known throughout this entire pandemic is more and more information is coming out by the hour i mean it was just released that only six percent of the covid related deaths were actually specifically due to covid decreasing that percentage even more so it basically the anyone who passed away from it had very serious illness prior to that. And that all goes down to everybody making the decision on their own. And there was just so much that they were just trying to throw out there to kind of make everything right, but it just made it so much worse. So I I, I don't know. I think, I think not having a plan in place just kind of reiterates the big question mark behind it all. Is there more information that we're not hearing? Is there something completely out there that we don't even know of yet that we can even speculate about? How can you cancel that without a plan in place and then change your plan from spring to fall to January? So, I mean, it's, it's a big mess, but they canceled it without, I don't think they they even said a spring was never even discussed. Like the schedule or the planning, like how many weeks it would be. (laughs) That was not discussed at all when they canceled, which I think would have been number one to do. Because they kept saying, oh, it's not a cancellation, it's a postponement. But either way, it'd be into 2021, not 2020. It's just, there's so many question marks. There's so much we don't know. I've said all along, every week I've done this podcast, I think I've said, I will believe it when I see it, that there's not going to be college football in the Big Ten in 2020. Because if you've learned anything from the year 2020, crazy stuff is happening. I mean, you can't plan for anything. Like you said, we have new information coming out even minutes at a time, let alone hours at a time. It, it absolutely insane. We thought last week the Big Ten wasn't going to be playing a football season after the Big Ten doubled down. Then it comes out that 
they might play a November or, or have a November start. And then we find out, well, they might be starting right on time. So I am not believing anything until I see it. Everything is fluid right now, and it's very weird times. But the last thing I'll ask you here, and I do really appreciate you joining me. I appreciate you sharing your time. The last thing I'll ask you in completely speculative, completely <laughs> your opinion, do you believe, because at this point, I think it's going to happen. Do you think the Big Ten plays college football in 2020? Hmm. I think I do. <laughs> I, I, I be, it's simply because we've already had a college football game. Um, but I think a more important question, like a counter question would be how many big 10 schools do you think? Yeah. Play? That, well, that was, that was what popped into your follow up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say I, I can't doubt Ohio state or Nebraska or some of these schools that are just not backing down. Uh, I, I can see them playing, especially when all these other schools, but then, then we got to think about all these other divisions that already canceled. So, and especially when it comes to universities like Iowa, who've completely removed some sports programs, I think that with the information we're getting now and the way college football has progressed since that decision, it would be beneficial to, it, it would, you know, it'd save your face and, you know, for the PR out there. Um, it gives the kids the opportunity to play and it could salvage some money that they were anticipating losing. So it all, it all comes down to, do they want to make that admission that, okay, maybe this was all premature, but either way, more information came out. They can, you know, lean on that and say, okay, that's why we changed our decision. But either way they should have waited, you know, but the, the guys are preparing to, to get ready for that. So I think, it, it also depends on what um, the programs are looking like at this very moment. How much time will they need to get onto the field to determine that? But I, I do think that they'll, they'll play. I don't know how many schools will. I don't think all of them will in the Big Ten. But I do think some of them, like Big or Ohio State, Iowa, Nebraska. I don't know about the Michigan schools. Um, but I, I, think, I think those programs, uh, they, they will, especially like Ohio, who has – football on every stage of life playing except for Ohio state, which arguably is the biggest football program in the state or that draws in the most attraction. So it's, it's going to be hard to doubt that they'll get to the, the field or even um, I joked about this on another podcast. They could play recreational football. Yeah. Imagine division one college football players in the big 10 going and play a recreational league, just rally up the team and go play in a recreational league. So at some, some way, somehow, I do think that football will be played. All right. You hear that? Print the headlines. Ohio State's oh, playing boy. this season. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, <laughs> Stephanie. Uh, well, like I said, I really appreciate it. And hopefully we'll be able to have you back on at some point. Hopefully there's a season that we can talk about and have you back yeah, on. Yeah. Let's talk about a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I can't wait. All right, Stephanie. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. So thanks again to Stephanie Odie for joining me this week on Believe in Ohio State. Love that conversation. A lot of good information about what's been going on with the parent protests in the Big Ten Conference, and I was very interested to hear her opinion on what we might have on our hands here in terms of a season happening right now. And what I'm taking away from that is it's a positive. We have some sort of hope that Ohio State is going to play football prior to the spring, if that spring season were even to happen. But we don't have to worry about that right now. 
What we're worried about is Ohio State potentially playing this fall, potentially playing this winter. Who knows what could happen, but all I know is I'm excited for Ohio State football, and you should be too. So again, thanks to Stephanie Odie for joining me this week. As always, thank you for joining me this week, and I will see you this time next week on Believe in Ohio State. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.